Corey, didn't see you there. <laughs> Hello, Brad. I am awfully ninja-like, so I tend to sneak up on people. Oh, so true. You blend into the shadows so well. <laughs> I'm wearing, What's going like, on, dude? I'm wearing like a turquoise hoodie right now, so the thought of me blending into shadows with like a bright-ass hoodie on is kind of silly. If we were playing Grand Theft Auto, uh, what was the one that had all the, the sex in it? What was that one that everybody liked? The one with the sex in it? Yeah, the one that had the... the what, like the bikini girl in the front? I guess they all have. The, it was like the second one. Uh, it had like uh, Don, the, like the Philip Michael Thomas guy in it. I don't know. I no, don't know. for fuck's sake. It's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, what were they? Okay, it was Grand Theft Auto. What was the next one? <laughs> Vice. What was the second one? Are you talking about like PlayStation 1 era or PlayStation 2 era? Yeah, the, the very beginning. Was it Vice City? No, that's No, not Vice right, City was the second PlayStation 2 era one. Oh, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Vice City, yeah, sorry. Boy, okay. p- people must think we're fucking hardcore noobs on this show. Well, that's like, Vice City's like the Scarface one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Okay. They had like, oh, like the, the, the Miami colors. Yeah, like the, yeah, A lot yeah, of yeah. neon and, yeah, 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 yeah. So if you were an extra in Vice City, this is where I'm going with this, right? If you were an extra in Vice City, you would blend in because you're wearing a turquoise hoodie. Oh because God. it had all those 80s pink, <laughs> pink and turquoise <laughs> colors in it. That was a fucking lame joke, and it took a really long time to get there, so I apologize to everyone involved. <laughs> Everybody listening, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Well, and Speaking I, uh... of sorry, speaking of sorry, Corey, do yeah. you want to fill people in on what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, I uh, actually, like, I'll, I'll uh, take the reins and say that I'm actually the one being sorry this week, because um, if you are listening to the show right now, um, you might notice that it is out on a different day of the week. Usually Brad and I record on Sunday nights, and then I edit the show really late on Sunday nights and have it up ready for your work day to listen to on Monday mornings or really, really late Sunday nights. But I was out of town all weekend. I was traveling. Um, I left Omaha on Saturday night. I went to Kansas City on Saturday. I stayed in Kansas City Saturday night, which is where um, I've got my, my mom lives there and some friends of mine. And then I went to Columbia, which is my college town, on uh, Sunday afternoon and then drove back to Omaha Tuesday. So... Uh, there's like i could have recorded a show on sunday night in columbia but it probably would have been awkward so if you're listening to the show and you're wondering why it's up in the middle of the week and not on sunday this is sort of like a bonus uh banter show brad and i decided that we're we're like totally unscripted we're just going to talk about whatever we feel like talking about and then when sunday the following sunday rolls around um we will be back on track with regular video game talk yeah, so although you missed last Sunday's episode, you're going to get two episodes this week. You'll get this one, which I'm sure will be up uh, sooner rather than later, and then we'll get back to schedule this coming Sunday. So you'll get, like, basically two to make up for the one that we missed. So hopefully uh, everybody will be okay with that. Uh, all all sins will be forgiven. Everybody will still love us, and it'll be fine, hopefully. It's hopefully. true. It's true. And we got we, and Brad even asked around on Twitter if people wanted us to record, and not a whole lot of people responded, but uh, Parker, um, my good buddy Parker from Salt Lake City, he definitely wanted to listen to us talk. So, Parker, if you're listening to this, the show is for you. Yeah, and to be fair, I tweeted it at a totally random time. Like, I didn't tweet it usually when I uh, talk about show stuff. Like, you know, Twitter has, like, a, 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 several different phases to it. You've got, like, your daytime Twitter. You've got, like, your coming home from work Twitter. You've got your, like evening twitter and then you got like your late night twitter and like you and i usually i feel like we are usually the late night twitter people oh yeah so 
I had tweeted it like in the middle of the day, which is usually <laughs> not when I get a lot of response from people. So that was kind of bad timing on my part. I should have, I should have done it at late night where our, where our peeps are, where our folks are. But well, I didn't do that. So. And the funny thing too is like I feel like um, I don't know if this is purposely cultivated or not, but uh, it seems like all of the people that know you from being an editor at Game Critics and from your writing, I feel like Game Critics has a really big like european following and like whenever we're going to bed from like you know midnight to like 4 a.m like roughly if you're taking in pacific and central time zones that's like when people over like like when british people are waking up like over this uh, overseas so it's like totally even though it's late night for us it's like morning time for then and i feel like we have a following over there game critics does like am i right about that Oh, yeah, we've got quite a good uh, readership in the UK. And that's kind of I mean, I think that's kind of stemming from us being originally late night Twitter people, because (laughs) us being up so late is exactly like you said, that's when the Brits are getting up. uh, So we're probably like the morning crew to them. And we are the oh, my God, you got to go to bed crew to Westerners you know, here in America. So, yeah, I try to I try to tweet stuff really, really late because I know I'll catch the Euro crowd in the morning. um, But you know, sometimes you make it, sometimes you fall asleep. It's, you know, you can't, you can't do it all the time, but yeah, we do. We got lots of, lots of lovely, lovely people on the other side of the water. Good folks over there. I'm actually looking forward to uh, visiting. Currently, I have absolutely no money at all for a cross the world trip, but uh, once I get done with a, a couple things to be checked off of my list, one of our goals is to save up enough money and travel to Europe. And I want to say hello to all of our European friends. I want to meet up with people over there and, uh, you know, people I've been tweeting with all these years and uh, doing reviews with and just chatting with. Like, I, I would love to meet all those people. I'm sure they're, they're wonderful people. So hopefully in a couple of years, I'll make it over there. We'll see. That would be incredible. Have you uh, ever been out of the United States? I have been to Canada. That doesn't really count. Um, <laughs> you also I've been live to Hawaii. Like five minutes away from Canada. <laughs> True. So it's like barely going anywhere. I've lived in Hawaii, which I feel like is a different country, even though it's like the 50th state. Doesn't feel like America, FYI. Um, but no, I've never been to any other foreign country because my parents never traveled anywhere. And I am not much of a traveler. And at the point at which I did have money to travel, I was not in the mood to travel. And now that I want to travel, I'm broke. So, yeah, not not going anywhere. What about you? You uh, international? You've been all over? Uh, I have not been anywhere. Um, kind of for some of the same reasons. Whenever I was growing up, my parents never traveled. Um, I came from like a like middle class, maybe like slightly upper middle class family, but uh, a family in which my mom stayed home almost all the time to raise us, and my dad worked like two jobs to basically like raise us and pay for everything and. I only, my family only went on like one vacation that I can remember whenever we were young. We went to Texas once um, to Galveston, which is on the very south tip of Texas. Um, And uh, that was, and I was like nine at that point. Um, So I have never been out of the United States ever. What did you do in Galveston? What's down there? Just like desert and rodeo and barbecue or like what'd you guys do no it's like it's like beaches and stuff because it's on the edge of texas so it's like oh okay yeah so we were on a hotel that was pretty close to the beach and we like you know because you know my mom's the kind of person that uh if she goes on vacation she kind of likes to like just like lay out in the sun and be on a beachy kind of place she's not one to like you know enjoy like the hustle and bustle of the city so we just kind of went and relaxed and um you know ate and hung out at the beach and that kind of stuff. So it was pretty oh, nice. Oh, man. Those kind of vacation. I'm not a good vacationer because 
I, you know, I like to do things. I like to be really busy. I like to be super productive. Like I've always got like a million projects going. And so to like to leave my projects makes me really stressed out. So like taking a vacation, like makes me feel worse than just staying home. And like, also like, I don't, I don't like going somewhere and then just like, just sitting. It feels like such a fucking waste of time. Like I wish I, you know, I, and it's weird too you say that because I don't think of Texas as being a beach state. Although now that you think about it, of course it's like bordering with the Gulf of Mexico or whatever. Yeah. But I don't ever think of, I mean, I guess if we have any Texas listeners, like if you guys live on the coast, like, are, do you guys, are you beach bums? Like I don't think of that when I think of Texas. Maybe that's just my own personal West coast prejudice, but I don't think of Texas as being a beach state. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it is what it is, I guess. I, uh, I'm i not really one to enjoy, like, the lounging around kind of vacations either. But I've only taken, like, a handful of vacations in my life. But uh, I, like, you know, like, because I've been to Seattle a couple of times to see you and everybody out there. And I very much like, you know, being in the city and, you know, going, like, shopping and sightseeing and doing that kind of stuff. Like, I kind of have a hard time just sitting around also. Oh, God, I fucking hate it. Like, oh, it makes me so antsy and so cranky, and I just, like, don't want to be there. I just, I really can't stand it. So that's why I think going to Europe would be great. I mean, number one, totally different environment. I think just being in that environment would be cool, just to, just for a change. And number two, like, I know so many people in Europe. I feel like I could probably meet, like, one new person a day, and maybe they would, you know, if they were cool, I'm sure they would be cool, because, I mean, most people, I mean, I mean, let me ask you, Corey, most people that you meet on Twitter, have you met very many people from Twitter in real life? I oh, mean, you met yeah. me, but, like, have you met a lot? Have they been cool? Uh, I think so. I mean, most of the people that I've met from Twitter, and I mean, I've met like a good chunk of people. Um, I've never talked a lot with someone on Twitter and then met them in real life and just been like disgusted or like horrified or like done or like didn't. I mean, there I've met some people that I've that I've liked but not been like in love with in real life. But I've never like you know met someone and then been like, oh God, what was I thinking? Talking to them on Twitter so much, like I can't stand this person. That has never happened. Okay, see, that's kind of been my experience, too. I've actually met many people that I've met through Twitter first, and almost all of them, there was only one time when it turned out really weird. Um, that person was, like, really funny and, and cordial and charming on Twitter, and when I met them in real life, they were, like, cripplingly shy. So, like, it was really hard to carry on a conversation. Very nice person. I mean, nothing nothing weird or freaky happened, but it was, like, such a difference between their online persona where they were, like, cracking, <coughs> excuse me, cracking jokes and... Um, being you know snarky and and you know just nice to converse with and then in, in real life like couldn't even look me in the face or couldn't even barely speak out loud like it was it was obvious they really had like a really really um problem big problem with shyness so that was that was kind of weird um unfortunate and unexpected but the rest and the rest were really cool so i think most people on twitter are pretty much like what they are on twitter so I expect that if I met most of my European buddies in Europe, where they are, uh, I bet it would probably be pretty cool. I bet it would be a good time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I think that would be a cool vacation. By the time I get to go, my kid, my youngest kid will be old enough to travel well uh, and will be ready to just take some time off, I think. So I don't, that's what I'm looking forward to. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be cool. European Twitter peeps. Yeah, keep an eye out for Brad Galloway. <laughs> coming. Coming across the water. <laughs> Across so the Corey, pond, they say. Across the pond, yes, the large pond. So we're just kind of bullshitting. We're just kind of rambling, dude. I mean, what do you want to talk about, man? I got some. I got some game shit to talk about. Like, I can talk about TV. I can talk about life. What do you want to talk about, man? Um. Well, I do have something kind of important that I want to say before we like really, I guess, get started. Oh or whatever. shit! Oh shit! Is this going to get heavy? Uh. Uh. Not really. No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Go for it. 
uh i am officially moving to new orleans in like two weeks oh my god are you yeah oh that's amazing oh congratulations yes i know like we've been talking about the weird job stuff going on here um well as usual um i got rejected from the job that i applied to because i am completely unfit for any and all paying jobs oh god stop. so i uh so i'm actually moving with patrick to new orleans and we're like in the middle of kind of the hustle and bustle of trying to figure out like what the fuck's going on so we can get organized and try to move down there and we like his start date for work is like is March sixth, which is like a week and a half away. Holy and shit, that's soon! Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, and we like just started looking at apartments today, so this is going to be kind of a, a wild ride up until we get there. So hopefully, it'll oh, be smooth. Oh man, crazy! Well, tell Patrick congratulations and good for you, man. This will be so cool. I know um, several people who have been to new orleans in louisiana and um they're pretty cool and i guess it's like lots of stuff to do i mean the history of it and especially if you like vampire novels and creepy voodoo <laughs> shit like that seems like a good place for that which i know is totally your bag um yeah, <laughs> i don't 100%. know the food the food's gotta be amazing right yeah I'm, i mean I'm, I'm really excited like the food scene and like the like cocktail and like alcohol scene there i'm pretty excited about too so um, shit dude you know what if you stay there for a couple of years maybe we can come out and visit you you could host us because i've always wanted to go to new orleans and i know that gina has too and mostly just for the food so like maybe scope out the good restaurants maybe we'll come visit you uh yeah please do that we are like 100 percent in the market to get a two-bedroom apartment so basically for that reason because like everyone that we tell like oh we're going to, to new orleans we're gonna moving there everybody's like oh I want to come visit. Like, nobody wants to visit us in Omaha, you bastards. But now everybody wants to come and visit when we go to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, buddy. See, it's so funny you say that, too, because when I moved to Hawaii, I was a single guy. And I moved out to Hawaii, basically because I wanted to bang Polynesian babes. And I got a, an apartment there, and I got, like, an extra room because I wanted people to come and stay and visit. So, like, I, all my friends from Seattle, they were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to come visit. And then, like, almost nobody came to visit me. Like, I only like, had a place there for them to stay could host them around i had two people come and stay but i like i had like 20 people say they were going to and then didn't so i mean at least a couple came but that's a good idea good idea to have like a place you can host friends to come over good thinking guys yeah so um i guess in like probably like two or three weeks whenever we podcast again i will be podcasting live from new orleans now instead of omaha nebraska wow right on well i'm really glad to hear you say that i think that's a great idea I'm happy for you both. That's going to be a big adventure, and I'm looking forward to uh, hearing how it goes. And I definitely want, like, all the food reports. All the food reports. <laughs> I, uh, you can count on that because that's one thing that Patrick and I love to do is eat. So uh, we're going to get there and definitely scope out, like, all of the food and pretty much all of the alcohol. And I will be having weekly reports on the podcast about what we discover down there. Right on, right on. Excellent, excellent. Well, I got some life shit I guess I can say, I oh, suppose. Man. Uh, I mean, good. I mean, it's good stuff. Uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show before. Have I ever mentioned being, uh, I think I have, that me and my wife are becoming foster parents. I never told you, but have I mentioned it on the show before? Uh, I don't know if you have. Hmm. Well, my wife and I uh, are becoming foster parents. We do have a son who lives with us. Uh, but we have an extra room here in this place, uh, which is really lucky in Seattle because rent is crazy. But we just lucked out and got a good place a while ago. So we're thinking, oh, there's nothing but cardboard boxes in the room. And this is crazy. And um, through my regular job, my day job, I meet a lot of people who are really seriously uh, underprivileged. Uh, I meet a lot of people who are in really tough situations. 
I meet a lot of people who are really need and I've worked with um, CPS I've worked with um, the courts I've worked with um, different social services I've worked with counselors and psychiatrists and I meet all sorts of kids who when I look at them and I hear their story I'm just like you know all you really need is like a good parent like I hear these like, like I can't even share some of the shit that I've heard like I've heard like absolute horror stories like stuff that like you didn't you, you didn't think anybody would ever do in real life or stuff that would never happen or like stuff that seems even too far-fetched for like a lifetime movie. And these kids are just like living through it. And after seeing so much of that for so many years, I was just like, you know, like I keep, I keep thinking that these kids just need a good parent to like straighten out and I wish that they had one. And wait a minute, like I'm a parent and uh, my wife's a parent and we're good parents and we have an extra room. Why, why don't we do that? Why, you know, hey, let's, sure. Let's do that. So we're doing that. That's what we're going to do. So we're getting ready. We're almost ready. We uh, went to Ikea today, which is like a fucking nightmare. Why is it always a nightmare to go to Ikea? So fucking crazy. Like we went there. It's like Wednesday, Wednesday, the middle of the fucking day. I'm like, oh, it's going to be cleaned out or, you know, we'll just pull right up and park. No big deal. Get some meatballs in the cafeteria. Go buy some buy some bedding. And so we got to get like a bunk bed and stuff like that to host the kids. And it was, like, so fucking slammed, like, a jillion fucking people there. And, like, we couldn't park, and we were fighting people, and we got inside, and there was, like, a thousand people in the cafeteria. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is awful. Why did we come here? This is fucking terrible. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we bought some bed shit, and we uh, got a couple more classes, dude, like, to learn, like, the policies and procedures of the foster agency. But, yeah, man, like, in about a month or so, um, we're going to be having... A new addition to the family not not you know not permanently i mean maybe I mean, maybe long term maybe short term i don't know it depends on the child situation but i was talking to uh the caseworker and she was saying it's really bad in washington state right now i'm in seattle for people who don't know washington state and apparently there are like so many kids who need a place to stay that literally do not have a place to stay i mean she was saying she's got a waiting list a mile long of kids that need a place to be and it's so bad that they are actually putting up kids in like motels and hotels and having a person from the office just like stay up with them all night. Cause there's literally like no place for them to go and no one for them to be with. So that just was like really heartbreaking to me. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting this rolling and hopefully we can make a difference for a kid or, or two or three. We'll see how it goes. So that's my big life thing. So is whenever you foster, cause I don't really know anything about fostering kids. When you do that, is it like through the state of Seattle or is it through something else? Um, there's a couple different programs and it, it varies from state or to state. I said state, the but state of Seattle. I'm such an idiot. Sorry. The, the I wasn't city correct, or the state fine. of Washington. Carry on. Carry I was on. Gonna, sorry. I was going to let that one go, but <laughs> no biggie. Yeah. So it's like a social services thing. Like you talk to, there's a person who's like in charge of like the kids who need foster care. So basically any kid, who is like removed from their parents because of drugs or violence or sexual abuse or physical abuse, or maybe the parents are in jail or the parents are dead or the parents just for whatever reason are too mentally ill or, you know, there's like a, there's a million reasons why the parents cannot take care of the kids. Um, all those kids get assigned to a caseworker who works for a state agency here in Washington. And then that person's job is to find safe uh, homes for these kids to go to uh, where they can just be. You know, they can just be somewhere where they have a, a roof and they get some meals and they have a warm place to stay and a family who does not abuse them and just takes care of them. So that would be us. And uh, yeah, it's all regulated by that. So yeah, it's a, it's a thing. And apparently it's a huge thing because, man, it just it, make, it breaks my heart to hear about how many kids out there just need a place to just even be. So 
There we go. I will fill you in as it goes on, but uh, yeah, that's my big, that's my big life thing. Well, that's exciting. I know we've talked about it before, but um, that's very. Uh, I was actually talking to my mom about it because last, like a week and a half ago, you and I had yeah, been talking about yeah. my mom doing that. And when I went, well, my mom's not for listeners. My mom's not a foster parent, but she works in kind of like in foster homes, but she doesn't have kids in her house. Um, she works with mentally disabled and like, um like uh kind of very troubled um kids in uh, foster houses but uh i was talking to her about that um about you because you know i talked to her about you and then i talked to you about her so um she was well, that's weird because i talked to her about you nah get out of here <laughs> you liar um <laughs> but uh she was very interested in the you know the process and everything and the questions and was asking me like what the funny thing was she was like she was like, well, why, like, why are they doing it? And I was like, I was like, you know, I, I don't really know. I think it's just because they're like good people. Like, I know it's hard to find just like good people nowadays, but like Brad, like you and your wife, you're just like really good people. Like, like oh. what else, what else do you need? Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, that is, that's just it. Like I just, I work with people all the time and I just see so much, you know, it's kind of weird because, um, it, you know, in my job, I don't want to talk about it too much, but in my job, I, I get in a lot of weird situations and I meet a lot of people. Um, I, I see a lot of stuff. I've got some crazy stories. Uh, I mean, just, I, you know, I, it's really weird, the stuff that I find myself into. Uh, but I see so many people who are really disadvantaged in really, really bad situations. And so just after seeing so much of that, I just you just you just feel like you got to do something, you know, like, I mean, we give people on the street a buck or like, you know, like the other day we went to Trader Joe's and there was a lady who looked like she was really fucking cold and hungry out front. So we went inside and we bought her like a sandwich and a juice and uh, some snack bars and just gave it to her for just for no reason. Cause she looked like she really fucking needed some help, but you know, that stuff only goes so far. And I really feel like, you know, kids especially um, need, need a hand. So we figured why not, you know, let's just do it. We can do it. We're good folks. We got the room. No reason not to. So when you finish like your um like the stuff you have to do before you're authorized to take on a foster kid, do do you like choose who you want or do they just say like, okay, here's the person you're getting? No, you can actually be as specific as you want. Maybe it's different in each state, but here in Washington, you get to pick exactly the criteria that you want. You can say, I accept infants or I don't accept infants, I accept teenage teenagers over age whatever or i don't or i only want a boy or i only want a girl or whatever you can be as specific as you want uh, but for us we just said whatever like we're not going to take infants because i think that's like an extra level of care that we're not really ready to give right now but uh babies don't seem to have a problem finding homes there's lots of people who want babies but there's not as many places for kids who are older so we said we would take anybody that was like i mean you know young maybe like four or five up to maybe 12 because we have our own son in the house, we did, we want the kids to be like at least fairly roughly similar in age so they can kind of get along. We don't want um, to have too much of a disparity in age. But other than that, wide open, we'll take any race, you know, any gender, any orientation or anything, any disability. Like my wife and I are both really qualified to, to, to work with people with uh, all sorts of disabilities because uh, we have that experience and knowledge. So we can take pretty much anybody. So we'll just we'll just see what we get. And how does your I'm sure you've talked about this with your son. How does he feel about it? Oh, yeah, he's excited. He's looking forward to it because he's really a big helper, too. He 
um, is always thinking about homeless people that we see on the street. He's always wanting to help people out. And, uh, you know, we explained like what fostering meant and stuff. He was all for it. I mean, he thinks it's going to be cool to have another kid in the house he can play with. And he's a very giving, very kind hearted kid. Like he's always thinking of other people. So, you know, if he's got like a quarter in his pocket, he'll like run up and try to give it to a homeless guy. Or if he's somewhere, you know, he's always just thinking of other people. So he's a, he's a good guy. He's on board. And of course, if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, I mean, he's our priority for sure. Um, but uh, I, I feel like it's going to work out. So, of course, a lot depends on the kid, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, I will fill you in. I will fill you in when you are in Nolens, and we can uh, you can tell me about the shrimp po' boy you had, and I'll tell you about the new kid who's living in my house, and we'll, we'll swap stories. Well, cool. That's exciting. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. But let's talk about, let's, we you know, people tune into this shit. I know that people said they wanted some banter, and I feel like, we got endless banter tonight. We got nothing but banter. But let's let's talk about some let's talk about games for just a minute, man. What are you what are you playing right now? What's well, going on? Hold on. Before we talk about what I'm playing, I know that you were playing Horizon Zero Dawn. And I was. The, I was. And I, I have to be honest, I'm not really I'm going to play this game eventually, but I'm not really that interested in it. And I want to know the internet is blowing up about saying about this game is so amazing and it's getting like nineties and one hundreds everywhere. What do you think about it? That game is the fucking shit, dude. Are that you is serious? Ass, that game is a good-ass game. Oh that is a God. really fucking good game. I got my copy yesterday, and I'm about five hours in. Uh, you're going to like this game, dude, because you want like a strong female protagonist? That is, boy howdy, that's what you've got, front <laughs> and center. Uh, the, uh, the, the protagonist is a, a red-headed woman named Aloy, and she is strong. Uh, takes no shit, stands up for herself, just as competent as anybody else. She is the star of the show, not sexualized in any way. Like, she is just, like, she is the main character, and she is fucking all about it. So you are going to dig her, I think. And the story is the thing that's really cool about Horizon. So, okay, let me back up a little bit. Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm seeing a jillion commercials for it. I feel like everybody knows this game already. But just in case, this is coming from Guerrilla Studios, uh, who I think are a Sony second party. They originally came out with Killzone way back when. Funny story. When I was at E3, the year that Killzone debuted, I was watching Killzone, and guess who was standing next to me watching it? Uh, is this, like, an answer that I would know? Oh, yeah, you know who this is. It's what? a really f- super famous game director. Really famous. Was it, like, Hideo Kojima? It was exactly Hideo Kojima. <laughs> he was standing right next to me watching Killzone. I'm sitting there watching it, and I look over and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, that's Hideo Kojima. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, uh-huh. And I walked off. He's like, get out of here, white guy. <laughs> but it was totally him. Like, I totally recognized him. And then he recognized that I recognized him. And that was his cue to, like, beat feet. So he left. But um, And not like I tried to hug him or anything. I was just like, hey, hey, what's up, Kojima? You know? And, you know, you got to remember, back in the day, like, at that time, he wasn't as famous as he is now. Like, I mean, he was known. But he wasn't, like, the superstar, you know... Uh, rock and roll game developer that he is today. He was just like a well-known Japanese director. Then. Yeah, because so at it wasn't... that point, what, wasn't that just like Metal Gear Solid Two was the next was the nearest thing that had come out? Is that right? Uh, I don't know if it had even come out by that point. I don't. I don't. I don't have the dates like correct. On but its I mean, way, maybe. Yeah, I think it might have been on its way. I think it, it it hadn't hit quite yet. I may be wrong, but he wasn't. He was not like the household name that he is today. And. I think at that time he was used to walking around and not being recognized, but you know, me being me, I knew who he was. So anyway, um, Gorilla Games comes out with Killzone. Uh, boy, fucking boring series. I mean, there's like 20, 29 
30, 37 <laughs> games in the Killzone series. And they're all boring. They're super boring. There was one that came out for the Vita. Top down, third person. That one was rad. That one was really, really good. The rest of them, fucking boring. I mean, when the selling point of your game is our bad guys wear gas masks, that's not much to go on. Like, there's nothing else that makes those games stand out. So, um, I don't know what happened, but I guess they finally realized Killzone, just nobody gives a fucking shit about it. And I think Sony finally realized that too, so they let them loose to do Horizon. And oh my god, it's like fucking amazing. It is so <laughs> much better than what they've been doing. Like, it is just like, I don't know if they just, they, they, they got their groove on or they finally are free to do what they want to do. They got some spark back in their work, but man, it is night and day. Like, forget that they've ever done Killzone. Anybody listening to this, fucking forget Killzone. Killzone does not exist anymore. Just come to this with a clean slate. Don't expect anything like that. It is so much better than what they've been doing. Um, basically, this is a game set in the far, 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 far future after some kind of apocalypse, but it's not like Wasteland Fallout shit. This is like something bad happened. The Earth kind of reclaimed civilization, so everything like regrew. It's all green and lush and foresty and natural. And the only thing that is left over is there are some ruins here and there that have like the remnants of old technology. And besides the usual animals that are walking around, like you see foxes and turkeys and uh, whatever, uh, deers and stuff walking around, there's also a bunch of mechanical robotic animals. There's like robotic. Um, horses that don't exactly look like horses but but close enough there are some that looks like a like a t-rex he's like mounted with guns there's like one that looks like a giraffe but he's got like kind of a radar dish for a head there are some that look kind of like wolves but they've got like saws where their mouth should be so they're living in this world these humans are kind of hanging on in these little enclaves that are kind of protected from the rest of the wilds and the wild robots are kind of just like running rampant all over the rest of the earth so aloy is a girl who's been raised on the outskirts of a village. She is an outcast, and you don't know why. That's a big part of the story, actually. You don't know why she's not accepted by the village, but she's being raised by the single dad out in the bush, and he teaches her how to be strong and how to hunt and fight and do all these things. And once you get into the game, like, I didn't really understand this, but it is like a open-world game. Like, I thought for some reason, like, it wouldn't be as open as it is, but it is wide open. Um, there's a few gates here and there in the beginning, but like once you get past that, you can go pretty much wherever you want to go. And it's just like a really just natural world. Like you just, you walk around, you gather resources to build like your weapons and craft stuff. It's not huge. I mean, it's not a big deal, but you just, you craft arrows and bows and whatever. And you just like, you hunt, like you, uh, walk around and you stalk some animals or robotic animals. You can kill them or you can, uh, reprogram them to be your buddies for a little while. And you have like all these different missions to go on and you're just kind of just being out in the wilderness. Um, the thing that's really cool is she finds this little, um, like a, an earpiece or something. It kind of functions like an iPhone, basically. Like it scans around, gives information. I'm sure there's Wi-Fi or something. And she just uses that to kind of investigate her uh, surroundings and she can use that to like investigate the robots she meets. It's really cool. Like I think this game, it looks fucking amazing. The graphics are fucking killer. They are. So, this game looks so beautiful. Uh, the action is really smooth, really intuitive, really easy to play. Uh, the animals are great. The animation's great. Like, just walking around is great. Like, everything about this game is fucking great. Like, it's just good. It's good all the way around. So, um, I'm really looking forward to... Oh, oh okay, okay. Um, before I go on, I'm, I've been talking for a while. Questions? <laughs> uh, I don't... I don't think I have any questions, but I do... 
just feel like saying that this game just does not sound that interesting to me. Like, I have to be honest. I'm going to play it, but, like, the idea of an open world, like, kind of like Far Cry Primal, but in the future game just does not sound that appealing to me. See, that's a pretty fair summation. There's a lot of, kind of, a lot of, uh, not connections, but a lot of similarities between this and Far Cry Primal. I really liked Far Cry Primal a lot, uh, and so that's kind of scratching some of the same itch. Uh, but I think the other thing that's really cool about this is the story. Like, oh my god, Killzone has never had a good story. Never. None of those games have ever had a fucking story worth a damn. And they have totally turned that around. Like, I care about this character a lot. They take a couple hours in the beginning to, like, properly set the story. Like, you start with her as a little girl. She's, like, seven. And you stay with her for a while while she, like, meets her 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 foster dad and trains with him in the woods and you go through that whole thing so you see where she's coming from you see what her life is like you know you see where she learns her skills then she gets a little bit older and then she goes through these different trials and stuff like they take all this time like super super long time to set this up but it's great it's really great it's not slow it's not boring but they really want you to buy into the world they really want you to believe it they really want you to get involved with Aloy and I think she's great Uh, a friend of mine uh, Gieson Cacho, who is a writer in California, he's also a critic, uh, he said he felt like there was a really strong uh, young adult literature vibe to this, and I totally agree. Uh, it reminds uh, me very much of like um, Hunger Games, sort of, just kind of like how Katniss was kind of like the hero and she was kind of struggling and you kind of followed her journey. Um, I'm not the biggest Hunger Games fan, but like that kind of vibe is very much what's going on here, and I think it's really, really well done. Um, I don't want to be that guy who thinks the story is great because he partakes of no other media, like we have said on the show before. <laughs> I think this story is genuinely well-written. I think it's very, uh, very comparable to something that you would find in young adult literature right now. And I'm surprised at how much care they've taken with it. It's been really good so far. I have literally like nothing bad to say about it. It's just been awesome all the way through so far. Huh. Well, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. And I hope that whenever I get around to it eventually that I find it satisfying as well. Well, we shall see, man. We shall see. I mean, if you're not into open world, if you're not into hunting or any, you know, if you didn't like Far Cry, I mean, maybe this is not going to do it for you. But, man, I'm just, I'm in. I'm all in right now. And it's just really, really good. Best thing Gorilla has ever done, like by a mile. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, Far, I mean, Horizon, Zero Dawn, totally worthy of the hype. But enough about me, dude. What are, what are you playing right now? Well, every time I go to back to my college town um, in Columbia, Missouri, I always uh, one of my best guy friends whose name is Jason is out there. And I've talked about Jason a few times on the show before. Um, I uh, he has like a really high end PC. He, he built a new like uh, PC tower case since the last time I went. And he's got this like fucking badass, like super widescreen monitor. And every time I go visit him. He's always like, oh, well, are there any, like, PC games that you want to play? Or, you know, is there anything, like, look, because he does, like, humble bundles and stuff. And he's always like, look through, you know, my games. See if there's anything you want to play that you haven't. Because, you know, I'm not really a PC gamer. um, And I don't have access to a high-end PC like that. So um, I looked through his games and I played... um, I played a few games. Uh, I actually played things, like, way more backwards than I should have. Because I saw in one of his humble bundles he got the game 30 flights of loving which is a pc exclusive game that uh virginia the playstation 4 game was heavily inspired by have you heard of or played 30 flights of loving i have heard of it a billion times i've never played it because to be honest with you i look at the graphics and i want to vomit like i just can't get past the way it looks how is it 
Uh, well, I played it, and I actually, I don't mind the graphics. I think that they're actually pretty charming and, like, pretty funny. Um, but what I didn't realize going into 30 Flights of Loving is that the game only takes, like, 15 minutes to finish. Like, it's, like, you sit down, you play it, like, literally, like, 15 minutes or less. Like, 10 minutes, maybe, even. Wow, if you, like, I didn't realize it was that short. It's, yeah. Wow. I had no idea. And it's only, like, 4 or $5 on Steam. So, I mean, it's worth it. And it's, like, funny and it's charming. So, I played it. And then I didn't realize until I finished playing it because I went through. I cannot remember for the life of me who developed it. I should have. Be, I should have come like prepared for this. But uh, it, Thirty Flights of Loving is actually a sequel to another game that they that that studio has made, and I think it's called like Gravity Bone or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gravity Bone. Yeah. You're right. Correct. And and I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, I played Virginia first, which was heavily inspired by Thirty Flights of Loving. So of course, I recognized it and was like, awesome! I want to play Thirty Flights of Loving. And then I play that, and I'm like, what the fuck? This is a sequel to something else. I should have played the other thing first, and then played Thirty Flights of Loving. But that's beside the point. So I played. I ended up playing Gravity Bone as well because it's like a free download. So I played them all in reverse. Uh, but the interesting thing is that Gravity Bone is actually like longer than 30 flights of loving not by much i mean it probably only took like 30 minutes to play but to summarize it as best as i can because it's kind of hard to tell what's going on in the story at least it was for me and i only played through each one of them once um gravity bone you play as like a it's kind of like a special agent and you have to do you do like a couple of missions and then it's first person the graphics are very silly like all the characters they're basically their bodies are just like rectangles and then their head is a square with like kind of a silly looking face like a model on it and like they're blockheads quite literally and you're like a special agent you have to do a couple of missions and it's got this whole kind of like 70s spy vibe to it which i thought was pretty neat and then at the end of your second mission you get like like made by a woman who like turns on you and she like shoots you and i guess like takes your like evidence or something and you like chase her and all the shit and then in the second or in 30 flights of loving the sequel um you're like part of some kind of like prohibition like raid task force I, I don't even know like i had a really hard time like following the story and i probably should have played it a few times but i didn't but i i still found it very charming like there's a guy who you're with who gets shot and you like pick him up and you're like carrying him through this airport and it does the same thing that virginia does which is probably why virginia was you know so heavily admitted that they were inspired by it where it does like the jump cut thing where you know you're walking first person through an airport and then it jump cuts to like a different section like out of nowhere and then it jump cuts to something like back to the airport and then to something else and um i think that they are good games and they're funny and they're charming and they're quick plays but uh i i don't know if i think they're like amazing or that i'm in love with them or anything i don't even get it like what do you do you just is it like i, I mean I, I get that there was jump cuts i had heard that that's where virginia got inspired to do those jump cuts which i think are great and i would love to see more narrative games use those um just going from one scene to another but what do you even do in those games like you just walk around and talk to people like what do you do for 15 minutes like i don't even get what you do well it's kind of like just playing through little like scenarios because like to to address what you would consider like a game versus not a game like in the first game gravity bone you are it's like a first person game where you have to um you have to like unlock some doors and walk around through like in a couple of embassies and like take pictures of these like birds in these bird cages I, I don't really know what the significance of it is i'm sure there's some like hidden meaning behind it that i don't understand um 
and then you have to like gather evidence and stuff and you have to like poison some guy's drink at a party um so it's kind of like a like a spy thing but in 30 flights of loving it's kind of just like you're like walking through like more or less like a linear scenarios and then it just kind of jump cuts past certain things um and there's like a little bit of challenging gameplay but it's pretty it's like super duper mild like you it's the kind of game where you could sit your mom down at it and she could play through it and like like just as easily as the next guy as far as i'm concerned um so it's just kind of like playing through a very short story kind of does that make sense yeah okay okay so but you think it was good though i mean you recommend those ones oh yeah i recommend it i mean Considering the fact that Gravity Bone is free and Thirty Flights of Loving is only like five dollars on Steam, I would I would recommend them. All right, cool. Maybe I'll check them out. I mean, I have no shortage of things to play, but I have heard of those games so many times, and especially if they're free. But I just, oh, I look at those blockheads, and I just, oh, it turns me <laughs> off so hard. Like I just, I don't like the way that that looks. So, but I will, I will take that into consideration. Um, Let's talk about Candleman, bro. You want to talk about Candleman? Oh, yeah. You did an interview with uh, one of the developers. Is that right? That is correct. So, okay, let me set the stage. Uh, We did talk about Candleman on the show. You really liked it. And you also reviewed it at Game Critics. You also really liked it there. After that, uh, and just for people who don't know, Candleman, you play literally a candle with two (laughs) little legs. He's very cute. And you have 10 seconds with which your light can burn. After that, you die. So you have to, like, really manage that 10 seconds of time as you go through dark or semi-dark levels um, to the ultimate end of his journey. And he has a dream. Candleman has a dream. What is his dream, Corey? His dream, because he is a lonely candle that only has 10 seconds of light, he sees a lighthouse out in the distance. He starts on a boat, and he sees this giant lighthouse out, like, in the middle of the sea that's shining so bright. And his, his dream is to be able to get to the lighthouse and be able to light a space as brightly as the lighthouse does. And everybody needs a dream. I think that's a really cool dream. It was really interesting to see Candleman go on this journey. Um, I don't want to spoil it here. Let's not go into spoiler territory. But after you played it, I know you mentioned that the ending was kind of weird. Uh, I didn't really get what you meant by that. Like, I know you said it was unusual. So I played through Candleman and that ending fucking wrecked my shit. I was just like, I could literally could not handle that ending. I was like, what the fuck? I was crying. I like fell over off my chair. Oh my like God. my wife came over. She's like, thought I was having a seizure. Like I was like, oh my God, Candleman. It was fucking crazy. So I was really disturbed. Uh, and it's weird because the game is really pleasant up until that point. Like it's really sweet and pretty and charming and cute and that it's not too hard well mostly it's not too hard there's a couple frustrating parts but in general it's really easy play um in fact i think you even described it as kind of like a walking simulator plus a little little platforming right uh i don't know that i said that i think you said that let's say that you said that i think maybe you're and imagining that i said that i think maybe you said that but we're gonna go with that <laughs> we're gonna go with that anyway <laughs> um and so, like, I just, I, my brain exploded and I just couldn't handle the ending. So I, I started ranting about it on Twitter. And the funny thing and the magical thing and the wonderful thing about Twitter is, like, when you start talking shit about something, that person is guaranteed going to see it. Like, and you don't really get, like, how true that is until you start talking about a game, especially if you don't like a game. Like, if you like a game, eh, maybe somebody see it, maybe they won't. Maybe you hear back, maybe you won't. But if you don't like a game, 
I guarantee you the lead developer of that game is going to see that fucking tweet and then he's going to track you down and then he's going to ask you about it or he's going to say some shit. Happens all the fucking time. So I was ranting about the ending and one of the uh, developers, whose name is Max, uh, he sent me a direct message. He's like, hey man, I saw you were kind of busted up about the ending and I wanted to talk to you about that. And I'm like, ah, I didn't intend for you to see my comments. Sorry about that. But sure, since we're talking now, let's talk. He was a very nice guy. And we ended up doing an interview that is actually up on Game Critics right now. Um, and it was really kind of heartbreaking to talk to him about it. I mean, we had some general questions about the game, and that was great. And he was very, very friendly and easy to talk to. Um, but when I got to the ending and I asked him, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what are you guys doing? His response was just, like, didn't make it any better. Like, it literally did not make it better. It almost made it worse. And so we talked about it, and that was fine. Um, and like I said, don't want to spoil it. I definitely recommend the game. I think it's great. It's like 10 bucks or something. That's definitely worth it. Check it out. Currently only on Xbox one because they funded that game through the Xbox one indie program. Uh, so that makes sense as to why it's a exclusive, but the one thing he did not mention in our interview after that interview went up about two days later, PR from his publisher sent me messages and said, Hey Brad, just want to let you know. Candleman's getting DLC this summer and oh, I'm like get out yeah and I'm like what like okay it's like it's like a three-hour game right like it's not long yeah it's like three to five hours depending on how how good you are at it yeah, and especially if you like want to search for the collectibles if you don't give a fuck about the collectibles it's definitely a lot shorter so she's like hey man DLC coming FYI and one of the things that's going to be DLC is the quote-unquote true ending oh. and I'm like I mean maybe Maybe they thought it wasn't harsh enough, and so they wanted to make it even darker? Or are they going to... Did they respond to player feedback? Because I wasn't the only person to flip out about it, and did they think that maybe they they didn't exactly deliver the ending they wanted to deliver? I don't know! But they're going to get an ending, a true ending DLC, and, like, I think three extra levels, which will be nice. I mean, I, you know, it's a good game. I wouldn't mind more of it, but uh, I'm very curious to see what direction they take. What do you, do you think that they're going to go in a very different direction? Or do you think they're going to just polish what they got for the ending? Uh, I don't know. But I do want to clarify that despite the fact that the ending might have wrecked you or whatever, I actually loved the ending. I thought it was I thought it was the perfect, like, like existential moment that I needed oh, at the end of that game. You are a dark-ass motherfucker. Mm. You are dark. Oh, my God. I can't. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. And like the guy, Max, he DM'd me on Twitter as well. And, you know, and said, said that he, that my review for it is one of the first reviews that he had read and that he thanked me for enjoying it and that kind of stuff. And, you know, and I told him, you know, thank you for, for making this. And, you know, I, I really liked it. And, um, you know, thank you for, you know, giving me the chance to play it because I, I enjoyed it and being able to talk about it and hopefully persuade other people to play it because it's, uh, I loved it. I loved the ending too. Uh, I was totally there for it. And, and so that makes me, um, I will definitely play the DLC when it comes out, but that makes me like sort of have less stakes in the DLC because I don't necessarily want them to like turn the ending around, but if they do, then that's fine. But like, I already got the ending I wanted, so it doesn't really matter for me. I'm curious. I'm curious. I respect what they did for sure. Like I respect it. I like that game a lot. I think it's a lot of really good things in that game. Um, and I'm very curious to see what they do. I, if they, if they totally turn the ending around, that will be kind of a surprise. And I kind of would question why they would, 
because even though I, I didn't handle it very well emotionally, I, I get what they were going for. And it was very shocking to me, but like, I still get it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see what they do because uh, I wish that I wish I had done that interview a week later because apparently they were not at liberty to discuss it when I was interviewing them, uh. which was a real shame. So it's like you read the interview and it, like they don't mention it and I don't ask about it. And it seems really weird. And then because literally, like I said, two days later, the cat was out of the bag. I just I, I got to them too quickly. So anyway, okay. anyway, anyway, what else on your agenda, man? What else you got to, to bullshit about? Um, you know, I have something not video game related that I want to talk about now. And it's actually do it. we're going to talk about movies because it's something we always talk about, too. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Um, last night I went and saw John Wick 2 in the movie theater. Okay, wait, preface, did you like John Wick 1? No. Me neither. Okay, go ahead. I do not like the John Wick movies. I know that everybody and their mom thinks that they're, like, the best action movies on the planet. Especially their mom. Especially yeah, the their moms. moms. Yeah, um, I just do not like them. I think that there is zero, like, compelling elements to watching Keanu Reeves shoot people for two hours. Like, it is not interesting. The ad, There's not even, like... Because it's it's not a martial arts movie because it's mostly just him shooting people. So, like, there's not a whole lot of fight choreography. There's, like, a little bit of, like, hand-to-hand combat, like, here and there in the movie. But it's mostly just him shooting people. Like, it's full-on, like, gun porn. And, like, I like guns. Like, I like guns in games. I like guns in real life. And... And I, I it, like watching the movie. Just feels like watching someone play a very mediocre third-person shooter. Like I do not. I don't think it's interesting. I don't think it's intense. I don't think it's exciting. Um, I like. I don't want to sound all like stuck up and everything, but I just think the John Wick movies are boring, and the acting is so bad in them. Like, I mean, Keanu Reeves is not known for like you know Oscar level acting, but like. He's a fine actor, but I would never know from this movie. Like, everybody everybody in the movie seems like whenever they say something, like when they have a scene where there's any amount of dialogue, it seems like they took it on the first take and just went with it so that they could get back to, like, working on the, you know, the gun choreography. And it just seems so lame. And every time I see, when I watch the first John Wick and when I watch the second one last night, all I can think about are... The movie is The Raid Redemption and The Raid 2 because I saw those before I saw the first John Wick. And those are like top-notch like Indonesian uh, urban martial arts films. Like those are my like platinum standard for what every action movie should aspire to be. And having seen those first, John, the John Wick movies just are not good. I do not like them. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that because I... I did not see John Wick until like everybody else on earth saw John Wick. And I heard a lot of people in my Twitter feed just like praising it up and down. Um, So I I expected it to be a good movie. Like, I I don't want to say my expectations were too high because I don't think they were because my, my spider sense was kind of tingling before I went into it. But I'm like, Oh, you know, I had a, I had an evening with the wife and the kid was in bed and we're like, Oh, we're both up for a movie. What's on iTunes. And Oh, Hey, there's John Wick. Let's check this out. I've heard a lot of good about it boring really fucking boring i just was like i mean i'm fine with keanu like i don't i don't dislike him i think he's a fine fine enough actor um i don't roll my eyes when i see him starring or anything uh but it was just like really dull he just shot some dudes and then he fought some dudes and then it was like over and i'm like this is what everybody's excited about like 
Uh, okay. I really, really did not get it. Um, I think it's one of the most overrated movies of the past five years because everybody and their mom, as we have noted, all the moms think that movie is the shit. And I just, I just don't get it. Um, I haven't seen the raid, but I I really want to, after you talk so highly about it, I bumped it up way high on my list of movies to watch. So I'm going to see it pretty (laughs) soon, but yeah, I just, I just don't get it. I just, I've seen like a thousand movies that I feel like have done that action better and uh are more entertaining i mean it was just i was kind of bored honestly my wife was really kind of bored too so not really a john wick fan yeah not at all so hey good i'm glad you said that because i feel like people who listen to this show are going to be like i was worried they're going to be like oh here's that one guy who thinks the movies are bad what a jerk but now there's two of us yeah there's i think we are the only two honestly i think it is just us yeah, on uh, on on do not like john wick island that's there's nobody else basically so uh, yeah anyway i've been watching some shit dude i've been watching some shit all right tell <clears> me about it well okay so it's funny because okay i finished let it die uh, a couple of days ago on, i'm like, sure you'll like be thr- fin- like finished finished literally finished the game so it's it's spell on me has been broken i can now move on to something else well, like, what? Um, what ha- are are you at liberty to talk about what happens at the end of the game? I don't want to spoil it for anybody, because man, I, when I get okay, so let it die. Uh, third person action, Japanese action. Uh, the premise is that you're in a tower, post-apocalyptic tower. You start in the basement, and you want to get to the 40th floor because something amazing is at the top of the tower. And I was very curious because I have a weakness for tower games. Don't ask me about that, but I do. <laughs> and when I got to the 40th floor and I beat the ending, I, w- I, mean, I beat the last guy and I saw the ending. I was like super, super satisfied. Like I thought it was cool. I liked what was up there. I felt like I got, you know, uh, like a good, a good, a good ride all the way through. Um, I will say, though, uh, funny story. As I was fighting the last boss for the first time. Uh, the game glitched out on me, and it crashed. It crashed to, uh, you know, crashed to the home screen, which is a bummer. But it was a double bummer, because Let It Die is a free-to-play game, and so if you die, you can either uh, revive yourself for fifty cents, like literally fifty cents, real money, which is not really a big deal because I, I almost never die, so I barely ever give any money to the game. But if it crashes like that. You don't have the option to give it the 50 cents, right? So it counts it as you not paying that money. And it goes back to the very beginning of the game. And then you have to pay, like, in-game currency to get that character back. Now, I had gone into that last battle with my best character, wearing the best armor, with the best weapons. And I had taken all of the best items out of my inventory. And I was loaded for bear. Like, I was going to kick that guy's ass, and it was going to be game over. So to have the game crash like that, I lost the best of everything that I had. And I did not get the chance to kick in my 50 cents because I would have gladly kicked in 50 cents. I didn't get that chance because it was a crash. And so I had to grind for like six hours in the oh game to get, to get to get enough in-game currency to pay for that character to be brought back. Oh, man. I was fucking salty as hell that day, let me tell you. I was not happy. Uh, but I couldn't let that character go. It was like all my best shit, and it would have been crazy to let it go. So I had to grind. Like, like I would... uh grind for some money and then like you have a timer that's to reset so i would like leave the playstation on and go do something else for an hour and then i come back and grind some more and i leave it on i go do something read a book for an hour then i come back and like grind some more i go do some reviews for an hour like literally it took me like half a day to fucking get my character back but i did game did not crash the second time beat it just like i thought i would ending was awesome really loved the ending so it was good but i'm done with that finished that game 
Um, I can now move on to other things. Because I got to tell you, Corey, that game had a fucking hold on me, bro. Like, I literally could not play anything else. Like, I just, I couldn't. Every well, time I sit down in front of my PS4, it, it was out, that game. It came out before the end of the year last year, and you have been playing it nonstop up until now. I've been playing it literally every day since last December until today, <laughs> which is February 22nd. So I've been playing it for like almost three months, and like how, every day. how much money, like real world money, have you put into it considering it's a free-to-play game? Uh, okay, so to answer that, when you when you load up the game, you can go to the PSN store, and there are various packages that you can buy. Like It'll be like, hey, we're going to give you this cool weapon and a couple of uh, in-game dollars and a few other things for the game. And there's, like, various levels of packages. So, like, when I first got the game, I played it for a couple days. I really liked it a lot, and I wanted to support the developers. So I bought a couple of those packages just to kick some dollars their way because I thought this is an awesome game. They gave it to me for free. Uh, So I spent about maybe, uh, I want to say 20, 25 bucks on just stuff because I felt like that was more than a, you know, uh, maybe I should have paid them more, but that was what I could afford at the time. So I just gave them that just straight up just because I wanted to support them. But if you're talking about how many times... In the free-to-play model, did I pay 50 cents to revive myself? Uh, started in December, and now it's February, so all together about three months of play. I think all together in that three months' worth of time, I probably spent less than $20. So for me, I think that was a really good value. I could play several days in a row without ever giving them 50 cents. And then I would like hit a boss or something. I die maybe like two, three times. And then I would go like another couple days and not pay anything. Uh, so altogether, I think I probably paid less than 60 bucks, like altogether, considering that half of the money was just me giving it to them. So I think that was really, really fair. I really like their model. I think it's a very fair model. I think they give you a lot of game for free. And I was very satisfied with it. So I didn't have to pay an arm and a leg. It's definitely not designed to suck you dry the way some people have said. I've seen a lot of... Um, articles lately or people who are saying oh fuck this game it's a vampire just it's you know it's so hard and it's just pay to win totally not true totally totally not true those people are not playing the game they're just getting a character running into the tower without having the proper weapons without having the proper armor without participating in the game systems dying and then when the game asks if you want to 50 cents they're getting really offended but you don't need to you don't you can play that entire you can finish that game without paying a cent and it's nowhere near as grindy as some of the shit that you find on iPhone. So I feel like I need to defend that game. Uh, but yeah, altogether, um, I think I probably paid less than the cost of one AAA game. And I played it, played it literally every day for three fucking months. So I got more than my uh, fair share out of it. So I'm, I'm satisfied. Okay. I feel like you were about to lead into something else um, whenever I interrupted you to ask you a bunch of details about Let It Die. So what, what were you going to say? Do you have like something else lined up that you're going to play next? That's a fucking good question. I don't know what I was leading up to. Um, what was I talking about? We were talking about movies, and then I somehow got on Let It Die. I feel like then... you had started that as in, oh, I beat Let It Die, so now I'm going to play X, but that's not what Oh, okay, okay. No, I was, no, 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 no. I was uh, going to say I've been watching a lot of TV lately because after I got done with Let It Die, I felt like I needed a break, like just to get away from games for a couple days. And so I was watching a lot of shows with the wife, and we've been watching like a bunch of shit. Um, this one show... I was watching with my son. It's called Miraculous, uh, Ladybug, and Cat Noir. Have you ever heard of it? I have no idea what this is. Okay, so I had never heard of it either, but my son, as I've said on the show before, is really good at, at, at dredging through Netflix, and he finds interesting stuff. This is, I don't know where it's from. Like, it almost looks like anime, but not quite. Like, it's its a, its a 
CGI cartoon, but it's got a little bit of French flavor to it, but it's also kind of Japanese. Like, I honestly don't know where it's from. Probably <laughs> Canada. Who knows, right? Um, but it's about uh, a girl and a guy who kind of have the hots for each other in real life. They're like teenagers, of course. Um, and they both have secret superhero alter egos. And their alter egos also have the hots for each other. And they don't know, like, their identities, right? So, like, they're constantly doing this kind of back and forth. She turns into a superhero called Ladybug. He turns into a superhero called Cat Noir. And they're, like, they're almost like partners. Like, they go around the whole city, but they don't know who they are. And so, like, you have this constant, like, oh, my God. Like, they're totally spending time together, but they don't know who they are. And, like, oh, like, he kissed her, but then in real life he can't kiss her because, you know, because of the secret identity thing. So it's really cute. And it's very goofy. Like, it's very kid-friendly. It almost seems like Sailor Moon in some ways. Like, you ever watch Sailor Moon? Uh, a little bit back in the day, yeah. Okay, so it's kind of got that same vibe where, like, when it's time to change costumes, she, like, strikes a pose and, like, all the flashing lights go <laughs> off and, the, you know, that whole thing happens. And one thing that I really thought was cool about it and something that my wife actually pointed out was that, um, number one, Cat Noir, who is the male character, he is not the lead. Like, Ladybug, the girl, she is the lead. And so it's a very, like, girl-positive, girl-centric uh, cartoon. Um, they're very equal. Like, they're constantly working together. And she is not, like, a victim. She's usually saving Cat Noir. And so, like, he's kind of like... I mean, he's not helpless either, but it's not like he's constantly saving the day, right? So, like, they're very on, uh, very much on equal footing. And Cat Noir's design is interesting because he's very slender. He is not, like, the typical man's man, you know, like, the body shape of, like, an inverted triangle. Like, really huge <laughs> chest and shoulders and tapering down to like small legs or whatever like he's he's like very slender um and he's uh i don't want to say he's not effeminate but i think he's very not like machismo like he's just like a guy he's totally into her and he you know he has the hots for her but at the same time like he's very approachable and not intimidating and he is kind of showing a different side of masculinity that i think we don't get to see a lot in regular cartoons i mean he's kind of like the opposite of like what a gi joe is or something like he's not like a man's man kind of guy but he's still like a man and i really appreciated that it's showing like a different way to be a different kind of man you know and uh, my wife really appreciated that too so i liked i liked that a lot it's a fun show a lot of fun dialogue the action's really fun i mean it's a kid's show but i think there's probably a lot to like if uh you are a fan of sailor moon or something on the lighter side of anime like that i i dig it like I watched it and I wasn't sure what to make of it at first, but we watched a couple episodes and I was I was kind of hooked on it. So it's a pretty good time. I really uh, am liking it. Is it on? Net- shot. Is it on Netflix? Yeah, the whole thing on Netflix, man, okay. for sure. You can watch like you can you can just binge it on one weekend if you want to. <laughs> it's it's good times, good times. You been uh, watching anything else, man? Um, I'm working my way slowly through Star Trek Voyager, which I know is the most newest on trend show at the moment. Um, I uh. Thanks to Patrick, who got me into Star Trek. Because if you if you had asked me, like, two years ago if I knew anything about Star Trek, I probably would not have been able to, like, name a single fact. But I worked... I watched a lot of Next Generation, and then I watched... Um, actually, I started with, I think, Enterprise. Some of Enterprise, then I watched most of Next Generation, and then I watched almost all of Deep Space Nine, and now I'm working my way through Voyager. Um, so that's it. I'm also still... I know I talk about this like every other show. I'm still working on Ghost in the Shell. Um, I watched all of... Because Ghost in the Shell is divided up into... It's like a TV series called Standalone Complex with two seasons that have about... I think it's like 25 or so episodes apiece. I have finished those, but now I'm working on um, 
a different series called Ghost in the Shell Arise, and that has four episodes, and they're all an hour long. And it's like a, it's kind of like a prequel, um, like different sort of like continuity prequel that's supposed to lead, sort of like lead up to the 1995 anime movie, I think, but I'm only halfway through Arise, so... I'm working on that, uh, those, I guess. Um, I'm, like, not really one to watch a whole lot of TV, so I'd rather be, like, playing video games if I'm doing anything. Um, but that's kind of, I guess, the things I'm watching at the moment. Right on, right on. I uh, I used to be an anime. I haven't watched a lot of Ghost in the Shell, but now that you've kind of been talking about it, I was thinking about going and revisiting, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, something else uh, I've been watching that I think is kind of worth mentioning <clears throat> is called no tomorrow it's also on netflix have you seen this or heard of it no there's a you know it's weird because you hear a couple shows that netflix has put out like everybody's heard of stranger things which i thought was horrifically did we ever talk about stranger things yeah because it's you think it's all overrated and stuff what did you think of it i've only seen like two episodes so i can't really say oh god most over fucking oh my god so overrated oh my god it is so painful to me to hear people rave over that show. I think that show was boring as a dog's ass. Like, it is just so fucking boring. Um, but, you know, everybody heard about that one, and everybody thought that was, like, Netflix's show, their original programming. But they have, like, a bunch of original shows that just never get any press. And one of them is No Tomorrow. This is a show about... It's kind of like a rom-com, almost. Uh, it's about a girl who meets this guy who's, like, the hunk of her dreams. Everything seems great until... They start talking, and it turns out he's actually like an astrophysicist, uh, and he has discovered that there is a meteor that is going to strike Earth in eight months. So his whole premise is like he's trying to alert people to it. He's called NASA; they don't li- they don't want to talk to him. He's called like uh, you know that guy that's on PBS, and he doesn't want to talk to him. He's called Oprah; Oprah won't take his calls. Like he's <laughs> done everything he can do to let people know, and no one is listening to him. They think he's crazy, but he's got like all the math worked out, and he's like, oh. It's totally going to happen. So all we've got is eight months. So since no one's listening and there's nothing we can do, I'm going to just live my life to the fullest. And so he's like this wild and crazy living the rest of his life on credit cards, doing whatever strikes him. He's got like this list of things he wants to do before the earth blows up. And so at first she thinks he's crazy, but then he kind of wins her over and she's not entirely convinced the earth is going to die, but she loves what he's doing and like how free he is and how, interesting his life is and so they kind of go around and do these crazy situations um it's been a really really fun show it's really light and goofy despite the whole um apocalyptic tone and they do this like uh, just absurd absurd shit like it's it's all like i can imagine people in the writing room coming up with like the most romantic ideas they could ever imagine like no matter how preposterous and like each one is like its own episode like and they just go around and just have this really fun time it's really light and just really you know locale but i think it's kind of a good fit for the times right now because every time i turn on twitter and i see donald trump's motherfucking face it just like instantly brings me down and i've had to stop watching some of the shows i usually watch because they're just too depressing and so this one is like really fun and upbeat and enjoyable and it's positive which i think is really great and so um it's it's a good time it's a good time i think it's a very appropriate show to watch right now and i definitely recommend it if you don't mind watching something that's just romantically focused like that so i i don't mind i mean it's not my my preferred genre but it's fit in the bill lately for me so it's it's good times it's good times <laughs> uh on the topic of um twitter now that you mention it i uh because i was so busy all weekend whenever i was out of town like driving and visiting friends and doing stuff um 
One thing that I love is being so busy that I don't really have time to check social media much. And that's totally how my weekend was. Like I was, uh, I was out of town and uh, I mean, I've only checked Twitter like maybe like 10 to 15 times over the past um, maybe like four or five days. And that's like, usually I check it about 600 times a day. So uh, it's been so nice. Like not, I like, on one hand it's nice because i'm not exposed to like all like the shit that's going on on twitter but on the other hand like it's more difficult to keep up with like current events if if i'm not scrolling through twitter um i mean i guess i could like read actual news instead of just read what people link to on twitter but that's something that i need to work on personally um but it's a god it's nice like not i'm gonna try to like keep it up and see how long i could just like not really look at twitter much because i am like super duper over social media right now yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's a, it's it's dire out there, man. I mean, it's it's dark days for sure. I have been kind of dialing back on it myself. I mean, I can't entirely because I mean that's how we get the word out about game critics and how we get the word out about our show. You know, I have a lot of friends who I love to chat with, and I do love to just kind of keep up on game developers. I mean, it's like it's my main source of news, and I feel like I've got my feed tailored pretty well to where it's just giving me the stuff that I want to see. But unfortunately. Uh, you know, Donald Trump and his administration is just so pervasive right now. They're doing so much awful shit that it's like impossible to get away. And I just, yeah, I've been dialing back a little bit on it. And it's like, I feel better when I don't pay attention to it because I was really, really depressed for like a while, like after he got elected. Um, but at the same time, it's like, then all of a sudden I don't know what's going on and I don't know what I need to be fighting back against. And I don't know who's being taken advantage of or what dirty deals he's up to. And it sucks because... You know, the average American person has like zero control over what happens in Washington. And, you know, I can't do fuck all about what Donald Trump is doing. Right. But at the same time, I feel like I need to keep up on that and know, because if you don't know, then you can't even resist in any way, shape or form. So it's kind of like I have to know, but I don't want to know because I can't really do anything. But then if I don't know, then I I really, really can't do anything. (laughs) So I just I feel like you're fucked either way. And everything is God awful garbage and horrible. So. I get you for sure. Like, like on the days when I'm too busy uh, and I've been working a lot, so I've been pretty busy lately, I do notice like it, it doesn't hang over my head and that's great. But at the same time, I feel like I, I can't afford to not pay attention. It's it's tough, tough place to be in. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty terrible. Um, and it's a shame that like, like just the simple act of like paying attention and like scrolling through social media and reading news stories and seeing like what the fuck's going on like every single day in the white house like if we accept that as like the bare minimum of paying attention like even just that is like unbelievably exhausting like i'm not even doing anything like i've gone to some you know to to like the women's march and i went to like a muslim ban protest and that kind of stuff but uh but just like paying attention itself is so exhausting (laughs) oh yeah dude for sure i just oh man i mean we don't have to get into it now but if if uh our european contingent is listening to the show i mean i definitely want them to to think that like not everybody i mean i think i think the vast majority of people that i interact with anyway hate donald trump we don't support his regime at all i think it's the fucking worst thing to ever happen to america i mean the stuff that's going on right now is fucking lunacy and i would hate for other people in other countries to think that like all america is behind him because that is so not the case i mean i think he's fucking two steps away from being a psychotic neo-nazi dictator and i i would do anything to get him out of here um but 
Oh, so anyway, if you're listening in Europe or in Asia or wherever, France, wherever France is, uh, <laughs> we we are not all like that. But um, I don't know. I just don't even know what to do. I mean, what do you do, right? Like, you got to you gotta fight back. You got to be aware. But, oh, yeah, exhausting, dude. I don't know. I just don't know what the answer is. Uh, you don't know, know either? Well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like the answer is... There's a lot of answers going on here. Some of them involve going to town hall meetings. Some of them involve calling your senators and your House of Representatives, uh, representatives, and um, you know, going to marches and protesting and maybe donating money and that kind of stuff. But it's hard to tell how effective any one like thing, you know, of of those acts are. Um, it's just it's hard to tell until we get like a breakthrough in some way. Yeah, I mean, I think all those things are necessary. I think we need to keep doing all those things. We need to keep protesting. We need to keep calling senators. We need to keep showing up at town hall meetings. Um, but damn, dude, like they're just uh, they're just breaking so many rules and they're doing so much shit that they just normally, you know, like like I was just reading about how Republicans are just not going to town hall meetings anymore because why would they? What are we going to do about it? You know, like it's, I you know, if they don't show up, then you can't talk to them and no one's getting ready to kick them out of office and. You know, everything that's getting repealed. And I mean, just today they were talking about getting rid of the uh, protections for LGBTQ kids in school, which I think is a fucking travesty that they're taking those protections away. I mean, oh, my God, it's just like like 10 new things every day are the fight of our lives. And I just don't know how we're going to put out all those fires um, at once. And the the most horrible thing, though, and this is the thing that really gets me the most is like, um, how do you how do you talk to people? How do you work with people? How do you? convince people that are that will not be convinced you know like no matter like trump says fake news fake news for fucking anything he doesn't like and people who are trump supporters believe him like they they watch fox news or they look at facebook all those bogus propaganda stories that are going around and it's like if you're talking to a person who just denies everything that you say like you know you show them proof of uh global warming or you show them proof that uh, like one of trump's advisors is a guy who uh, uh, did not think that uh, those kids got killed in a, uh, the school shooting, that really famous one. It's called Sandy Hook. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Sandy Hook. Yeah, like he's saying that was a hoax. And like, I'm sorry, but like 25 people fucking died in that, 20 or 25. Uh, how can you fucking sit there and say that's a hoax? Like, it, it was a true fact. Fake news. Well, how do you talk to people like that? Like, how do you work with people like that if they just simply out of hand dismiss what you're saying and go about their business? If all those people who support Trump are like, Oh, the media is all bullshit. They're all liars. We can't believe anything to say. The only person who says anything true is Donald Trump. How do you work with that? How do you convince those people? I don't. I don't know. I don't know how you make any headway with those people. I don't know either, and I do not want to waste any more time talking about it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. We it got kind of heavy there for a second. Sorry, folks, but uh. That's what happens when we go off script. So anyway, well, um, <laughs> I feel like we could probably wind down the show. I know one thing I want to do before we um, before we sign off is talk about because I already know a few things that I'm for sure going to be talking about on Sunday. Some video games I'm going to be talking about that we haven't discussed yet. Um, do you know, kind of like as a teaser to the next show, anything that you're going to be discussing on Sunday? Well, let's see. I have a little list here. I'm getting good at keeping a list. Um, yeah, do you want me to name them, or you want me just to say yes or no? Uh, you can name them. I'm gonna name mine. Um, I probably will touch back in about Horizon. I'll probably put a, a good chunk of time into it uh, before Sunday. 
I'll probably be talking about Line Light, which was a PS4 puzzler that came out a couple weeks ago. Probably be talking about Wild Guns Reloaded, which was a arcade remake that came out a couple weeks ago. Probably be talking about Licked Spear, which is an indie which came out, I think, last year that I bought and never got around to until yesterday. Um, those are probably the highlights of what I'll be talking to, unless something else pops up. What about you? Uh, I am. I have two main ones I know I want to talk about on Sunday. The first one is, uh, thanks to you, is a little first-person horror game called Here They Lie. And if um, if you're listening and you haven't heard about this game, um, it was a PSVR exclusive that came out. I think it launched with the PSVR or very close to it, like last last fall. And this game had been on my radar for like probably like six to eight months before it came out it's like right up my alley like a first person psychological thriller video game but it it was only out on psvr and i do not have psvr um but the developers um the tangentlemen they're called uh just released a it's not even i don't even think it's a separate version it's just a non-vr like kind of like patch for the game so i have a review version that i'm going to be playing i'm probably going to start it tonight and i am very excited to play that and i will be reporting back on sunday i'm going to be writing about it for game critics as well um to report back but the other thing that i'm going to be talking about next week or on sunday that i'm very 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 excited about is when i went to columbia uh my friend jason he uh hooked me up with his one of his best friends nick who has an oculus rift vr set and i got to play super hot in vr last week i was surprised you didn't bring it up on the show i was waiting i didn't want to bring it up because i didn't know when you're gonna bring it up but i am interested to hear about this sir i'm gonna make you and i'm gonna make our listeners wait until sunday to hear me talk all about super hot and if you don't know <laughs> listeners if you don't know super hot was my game of the year last year it was the game critics game of the year last year um and I am hopelessly head over heels in love with Super Hot, and I got to play the VR version of it that is Oculus exclusive. And I am gonna make everybody wait until Sunday before you listen to me talk about it. But I am really excited to discuss it with you. Uh, right on, right on. Uh, I am looking forward to that. I have many, many questions actually about that, and uh, I like Super Hot, so I, I am, I am, am in. I don't have a VR, but I would like to hear. So we're gonna talk about that. We will talk about other things, I'm sure, and we will be back to our regular recording schedule this coming Sunday. So again, apologies to all the listeners who were looking for an episode that never showed up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll try not to let that happen again. We'll do our best. But sometimes life happens, you know, sometimes life happens. Got to roll with it. Hopefully you don't think too badly of us, you know. Sometimes you figure out that you have to move across the country in a week and a half, and then you decide you need to make an emergency trip back to see your family and friends from your college town. (laughs) Because that's exactly what happens. Things like that happen. So we will do our best to stay on our schedule. Um, But yeah, we'll be back on Sunday and things will be good. So look forward to our regularly scheduled programming. Hopefully you have enjoyed tonight's uh, banter fest. I think it went pretty well. Corey, what do you think? Uh, yeah, this was good. Um, I was going to mention, uh, too, like, let us know um, if you're listening to the show um, uh, and you liked the show format. I mean, usually Brad and I have, like, a pretty simple script for what we're going to talk about. We just, like, kind of have the games listed out uh, to make sure, you know, we know we hit all the right games whenever we talk to the show. But if you like this kind of show, let us know. Uh, if you don't like it, let us know. Um because we're not planning on doing a free form unscripted show 
in the near future. But if enough people like it, then maybe we will revisit it at some point. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would be very curious to hear what people think because, uh, like you said, Corey, we're not planning to do this regularly. Uh, but I think it went pretty well. And if people dig it, I mean, maybe we could do that. Maybe if, you know, maybe people would prefer this over the regular script. Maybe they want us to go back. Who knows? Let us know. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on not Facebook because we're not on Facebook. You're not on Facebook, no. are you? Uh, no, no. I mean, stay I, away from Facebook. I mean, I am on Facebook, but we don't have like a So Video Games page on Facebook. Yeah, that's not going to work. Don't let us don't let us know on <laughs> Facebook because we're not going to find out on Twitter, on uh, email or comments on our page show page that's up uh or you know i don't know write a letter and jeez oh, no don't write a letter okay that's all we're only... we're at at so video games on twitter and our gmail address is uh so video games podcast at gmail.com in case anybody wants to uh get in touch with us also um we don't say this enough but uh we don't usually give out our personal twitter handles on here which i don't have any problem with but um my, just in case you want to contact us, mine is my first and last name, Corey Motley, C-O-R-E-Y-M-O-T-L-E-Y. Uh, Brad, what is yours? Mine is my name, Brad Galloway, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. It's all A's, no O's. People always want to put an O in my last name. There are literally no O's. Oh, speaking name. of all A's, no O's, I always think about that because you talk of whenever you're on um, – the video game break podcast a uh, friend of the show carlos rodella runs the video game break podcast that you are on every once in a while um i just want to give a shout out to carlos real quick in case he's listening to this i went on my long drives back and forth to my college town i got caught up on a few episodes of the video game break show as well as some other podcasts and and the last episode of video game break carlos said hello to me so i'm officially saying hello <laughs> back to him <laughs> He runs a fun show. Carlos is a good guy. Friend of the show, Carlos Rodella. Good stuff. Check out Video Game Break. It's always entertaining. Uh, even more entertaining when I'm on, but uh, it's still a good show regardless. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Score anything, uh, any last messages before we wrap? I don't think so. I think we're good. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Let us know what you thought of this format, and we will be back to our standard format this Sunday. And we'll see you next time. For right now, this is Bye from Brad. And bye from Corey. We will see you guys on Sunday.